0: I uh, hope God's going to bless you in a very special way. It's great to be in God's house it's a little uh, little cool outside, but it's warm in here because of the fellowship that we share and uh, we we welcome you to our worship service today. We welcome our guests especially. you're very important to us and uh, and we appreciate you being here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God. I'd like to invite our guests to stop by our our uh, uh, hospitality table on the uh, on your way out. It's in the foyer there, and we have a little gift that we'd like to give to you today. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row that's uh, in the uh, folder there. I'd like to ask, if you would, to uh, to take that and to fill it out as completely as you can and uh, as you feel comfortable giving, uh, giving us information. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please put your email address on there and Uh, You'll receive that every week as a good way to keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, all the activities that we have. Speaking of the activities that we have, uh, we've got a lot of things that are going on uh, this week, including, uh, you see our table over here that's uh, filled with uh, canned goods and food and and, uh, meats for for our uh, Christian outreach, and I think, let's see here, I believe this is our total we are having a competition, well it's not really a competition, it's a drive uh, to receive food items that we will be giving to the, uh, the Henderson Christian Outreach. As you know, there are a lot of people in our community who, who go hungry, who would go hungry if it were not for the services of uh, organizations like Christian Outreach. And so we're helping them out by providing some food for them, and we have a goal of 2,000 items, folks over 4 week period this is week 3 and we are at 823 so that's wonderful that's wonderful right. 823 items as of today so that's the good news the better news is that we have uh, almost 1200 items to bring in for next week okay folks <laughs> For next week, 1,200 items that we'll bring in to push us over that 2,000 mark. So thank you for your generosity so far with that, and uh, thank you for for your love uh, and for your concern for the needy in our community. Uh, A couple of other things I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, Next week we will be having our deacon election. And I hope that you were handed one of these sheets of paper when you came in today. Uh, these are, are some of the expectations of deacons. And, and this is something you need to take very seriously and think about, uh, the expectations of deacons. Because deacons, uh, the, a deacon is a particular kind of person. And you don't want just... just I mean, we're gifted in different ways. And people are gifted to be a deacon and get, people are gifted to do other things. And so as you... Consider who you want to uh, to elect as a deacon. I want you to look over this piece of paper and, um, and think about a person who would fit these qualifications. So uh, take this home, look it over, pray about it, and we'll have the deacon uh, um, election ballots available next week, and we'll be doing this in our worship service next week. And so be praying about that. Also... If you do not want to be considered as a deacon, if you don't want your name on the ballot, in other words, please let us know. Uh, because if you don't want to be a deacon, we don't want people voting for you because they're wasting their votes. Uh, so if you don't want to be a deacon, if you don't want to, uh, to be considered and have your name on the ballot, please call the church office and let us know uh, so that we can take your name off of the, val- off of the ballot. Uh, we're going to be beginning a series uh, on Wednesday nights, coming, uh, this coming Wednesday. It will be a video series uh, for lessons of Advent. Advent begins next week. Next week is the first week of Advent. And so we'll be, go- be doing a video series uh, for Advent and then a brief discussion afterwards. Uh, this is led by the pastor of First Baptist Church of Rich- Richmond, Virginia, and uh, I've, uh, I've looked at them all, and they're very good. And so I hope that you'll come and be with us on Wednesday as we begin our preparation for Advent. Uh, one other thing, well, actually two other, other things. We have something big happening tomorrow. We had something big happening yesterday, and we have something big happening tomorrow. Yesterday was the last day, uh, the last games for our Upward Basketball and Cheerleading program. It's been a great, great season, but we're not quite ready, uh, not quite done yet, because tomorrow we will be having our award ceremony at South Middle School, and we hope that you can come and be a part of that. It's a great way to celebrate a good season and to, uh, and to enjoy these kids and to award, award them or reward them for a good time. And so um, we invite you to come to up, uh, our upwards award ceremony tomorrow at South Middle School. One more thing, I know it says in, church, in the bulletin that we'll have church council today. We will not have church council today. There will be no church council. So if you're a part of that group, um, strike that off of your calendar for today. Uh, let's, uh, let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. <clears throat>
1: sin, who knew no sin, that we might become His righteousness. He humbled Himself, carried the cross, love so amazing, love so amazing. Messiah, name above all names. Come on, choir, sing. Blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for. Messiah, Lord of all His body the bread.
2: the children come on down here please but not on the carpet you can come down here but not on my carpet in fact why don't you guys all just sit in these chairs Uh -uh. uh-uh yeah we've got a bunch of them today hey this is the first time i've done a children's moment with actual children (laughs) Alright, welcome to Super Happy Fun Time, Children's Moment Awesome Club Go. We has cupcakes. But this is an exclusive club inside this carpet. You guys don't want in here, do you? We have cupcakes. Yeah, you guys want to join now, don't you? Well, you can't. This is my club. You know how to get in here? You have to ask for somebody else to do stuff for you. Can you do that? Can you ask? Ask the youth group to come down here. The youth group come
1: on down. these girls will do it. youth group, we need them. Youth group, we need y'all. Say please.
2: Please. Now you can't refuse that. So get down here. And Logan, that includes you. And Nathaniel. And uh, Jake is already here. And, uh, Timmy, you can come down, too, because it'd be fun. Come on, buddy. you got to love the ones that hang in the back and think you can't see them. Okay, now here's what happens. In order to get into my club, you can't actually do anything. Somebody else has to do something for you. So here's what's going to happen. Jake, you need to stand up. This is going to be good. You guys line up this way. Face it the other way. Now take your right hand put it on the shoulder of the person in front of you. Now what I want you to do is hop on one foot and go all the way around the congregation. Go. Look at that. Isn't that great? Now. Because of the sacrifice that they're willing to do, you guys get to have cupcakes. Yay! Now, this isn't the only exclusive club that somebody else did something to get us into, is it? There's another one, too, isn't there? It's kind of like the kingdom of heaven, guys. Every one of us wanted to get in there, right? Wanted to really bad. But we couldn't do it on our own. So what happened? No, there was no youth group. Good try. Jesus came and he said, hey, you know what? You can't make it and I can see that. So, I'll handle it. All you guys have to do is believe in me. I'll get you in. Just believe in me. And that's what happened. Got it? So even though you're in the super happy, fun time, children's moment, awesome club, go. We has cupcakes. You're also able to get into the kingdom of heaven. If you just believe. We all have that? Cool? Now you can go learn all about the kingdom of heaven. Have fun. Enjoy. And cupcakes. Except for you guys. You don't you get it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but thanks for helping. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody. Thank you, Matthew. Jake. <laughs>
0: Amen. Kind of felt like we were being serenaded by the angels, didn't it? It's kind of nice. Thank you. Join with me, please, in our responsive reading titled "Christ, the king, Christ is King," uh, printed in your worship folder as well as as on the screen. Behold, the King comes. Hallelujah. Rejoice greatly, for Christ is your King. Blessed are you, O Lord, King of the universe. You have delivered us from sin and death. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue the King of Behold, the King comes. Hallelujah.
3: Scripture reading this morning is Revelation 1, 1 4-8, and John 18:33 through 37 John's greeting to the seven churches. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always, who always was and is still to come from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all things of the world, all kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a king, a kingdom, a priest for God, his father. Our, uh, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he, uh, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Even those who, who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes. Amen. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I'm the one who is, who always was, and is still to come, the Almighty One. Then from John 18-30, through 1833-37. Uh, then Pilate came back into his headquarters and called for, uh, for him uh, called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the King of the Jews? He asked. Jesus replied, "Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me?" "Am I a, am I a Jew?" Pilate retorted. Uh, your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? Uh, what have you done? Jesus answered, "My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom." If it were, my my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the Lord. Uh, all uh, All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true.
2: you bow with me, please? Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this morning wanting to give thanks for all your many blessings. We thank you for the beautiful day that we have, the cool air that reminds us that in just a few months you will warm it back up. Please be with us as we give an offering and let its bounties be. Glorious to you, these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen.
4: Bless this house, O Lord, we pray. Make it safe by night and day. Bless these walls, so firm and stout, keeping want and trouble.
0: Thank you so much, Lou. Um, there was a, a, a song. Actually, I used that song this summer when we were on our mission trip uh, to eastern Kentucky to build the house um, in Extreme Build. We, if some of you remember, a number of volunteers from our church, I think there were nine of us from our church, went and joined volunteers from all over Kentucky. And actually, there were some from Georgia that came up as well. And in one week's time, we built a house from one week. Uh, there was a foundation there when we, uh, when we arrived and, and in that one week's time, we built a house. And I used that, uh, that very song as a devotion one morning, um, to, to, uh, to talk about the blessing of the house. But I didn't sing it nearly as pretty as you did. As a matter of fact, I didn't sing it at all. <laughs> Back in um, 1957, Ben Mitchum, who was the president of the Ideal Toy Company, had a brainstorm. He thought to himself, why not sell a Jesus doll? I mean, think about it. The majority of kids in America were already Christian, and religion at that time was experiencing a huge boom. So he figured that parents would jump at the opportunity to make playtime a religious time as well. Other ideal executives were not so sure about that, but Mitchum uh, consulted with some religious leaders around the country, and including the Pope. And, and the Jesus doll was born. It it had a, a beautiful brown glass eyes and was dressed in appropriate first century attire. It came in a in a twelve inch by sixteen inch package, brown with gold on the edges to make it look like a Bible. And as Sidney Stem describes it. In his book titled Toyland, the high-stakes game of the toy industry, here's what he said. He says the Jesus doll was a flop. It was a flop. Parents were horrified by the idea of their children undressing the Jesus doll, dragging it around, sticking it in the bathtub. Ordinarily, there was a a no-return policy on, on products that they had already shipped. But in this case, it was such a horrible mistake that they took all of the dolls back. They gave each of their employees one doll, and they ground up all the rest and put them in a landfill. Now, if the president of Ideal Toys had asked you or me, We probably could have told him that the Jesus doll or even the Jesus action figure would not work. For one thing, you simply cannot reduce Christ to the level of a Barbie or a Batman or a rock star or a politician or even a monarch. Because you see, Jesus is so much more than every other real or imagined figure that has ever graced the pages of literature or the silver screen. You see, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In today's lesson from the book of Revelation, John calls him the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Today is that day in the church year when we celebrate Christ as our king. And there is none to whom Christ Jesus can be compared. I know that there have been attempts to elevate human figures to the stature of Christ. I understand that there is now a first church of Jesus Christ, Elvis, Elvis. I'm not making this up, folks, though I I hope it's tongue in cheek. I'm not really sure. But the motto for this church or the, the, the catchphrase for this church is for unto you is born this day in the city of Memphis, a Presley, which is Elvis, the king. This picture of Elvis, well, actually, I didn't put it up there. There's a picture that they have of of Elvis. It's a rather Catholic picture with the Sacred Heart beating in his chest. And I would have put it up on the screen, and I considered doing that, but I I, I took it back out of our Dropbox because I thought it was a little bit sacrilegious. So if you can want to go out on Google, you can find it. But if you feel a little more Protestant, you can also opt for the first Presbyterian church of Elvis the Divine. They have a picture of Jesus of Elvis too, of him hanging on a cross that's made to look like a guitar. Now, surely someone has let their, their sense of satire run wild, but, but who knows? I mean, we live in a crazy world, and, and here's the thing. When people fail to believe in Jesus Christ, they'll begin to believe in just about anything. And that's why this day is so important as we recognize that Christ is our king. From our lesson from Revelation, John is writing to the seven churches in the province of Asia. And here's what he says. He says, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and father. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. And then our lesson from the Gospel of John is taken from, from Jesus' appearance before Pilate. He has been arrested for treason and he's awaiting Pilate's sentence. And so Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered by asking, is that your idea or did you talk to someone else about me? And Pilate replied, am I a Jew? Your own people, your chief priest handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would, would have fought to prevent my arrest. But my kingdom is from another place. Ah, you are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact... The reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. It's kind of a cryptic passage. And I wonder why Jesus was kind of skirting the issue with Pilate. Why was he not really coming out and saying what he wanted to say? And as I thought about that, I think it's probably because Pilate had no reference point here. And there was no way that Jesus could explain to Pilate what the nature of his kingdom was. I mean, how do you explain to someone who is totally immersed in the material world, how do you explain to that person what a spiritual kingdom is like? It's kind of like trying to explain color to a person who has never seen light. It's like trying to explain music to a person who has never heard a sound. My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. But how do we get our tiny little brains around such a concept as this? Let's begin right here. Christ's kingdom is about how you live your life, not where you live your life. Now, in this world, in this world, citizenship is usually determined by geography. If you were born in California and live there, you are by definition a Californian. You may not look like a Californian, whatever that is, and you may not act like a Californian, whatever that is, but if you live in California, you are a Californian. So you see, citizenship in, in this world is determined mostly by where you live, or at least where you were born. But citizenship in Christ's kingdom is determined by how you live. For you see, when we become citizens, a citizen of Christ's kingdom, our lives are changed forever. We don't live the way we used to live. There's a guy named Tom Terrence who was was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. As a high school student in the mid-60s, he was opposed to the desegregation of the public schools, and he eventually joined the Ku Klux Klan. By the age of 21, he was a designated terrorist in the White Knights of the Klan, once described by the FBI as the most right-wing terrorist organization in America. But after a bloody shootout with the FBI in which his partner was killed and he nearly died, Tom was arrested. He was sentenced to 30 years in the Mississippi State Prison Penitentiary, one of the worst in the nation, but a few months later he escaped. He was later apprehended by the FBI after another shootout in which one of his accomplices was killed. But while in prison, after the second arrest, Tom began reading as if for the first time about Jesus and about his love for all people. And then after several weeks of reading and soul searching, Tom surrendered his life to the King of Kings. And slowly his, his animosity towards black people began to dissolve. He, he renounced the clan and his past life of bigotry. And then after, after eight years, he was released from prison and he began a remarkable new life. Instead of going back to a life of, of hatred, Tom worked to promote relig- I mean, uh, racial, racial reconciliation. He even co authored a book, along with Dr. John Perkins, who was a, a, a black minister, titled, He's My Brother. He's since been ordained to the ministry. He served as a a campus minister and as a pastor in Washington, D.C., and now he is the president of the C.S. Lewis Institute. Now, all of that is to say that Tom has a new spiritual residence. You see, Tom is now a citizen of the kingdom of God. When he gave his life to Christ, his life changed. And citizenship in Christ's kingdom is not based on where you live, but it's based on how you live. So in other words, citizenship in Christ's kingdom depends on on where you place your ultimate allegiance. Here in the United States, we place our hands over our hearts and we say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of United States of America. But let me ask you something. Where do you where do you pledge your ultimate allegiance? If you say to your country, that's that's noble. You're a loyal citizen of the United States of America, and I admire you for that. But that does not make you a citizen of Christ's kingdom. Because you see, nations, every nation is made up of people. And people can be just as easily stirred up to do what is evil as they can what is good. And there may come a time when we have to make a choice between the flag and the cross. Throughout history, it has happened time after time again as people had to decide on what their ultimate loyalty is. And that would be hard for a lot of people to do. But the Bible makes it very clear that we can have no other ultimate allegiance than our allegiance to Christ. So, where is your ultimate allegiance? What is, what is that which is most important in your life? Some will say it's, it's my family. They matter the most to me. And, and that's an admirable trait, but it'll not, it will not get you into the kingdom of Christ. Members of the mafia are said to, to put their families first. In fact, family is said to be everything to these mobsters, but they don't know very much about the kingdom of Christ. So where do you place your ultimate allegiance? Theologian Paul Tillich calls it our ultimate concern. What is your ultimate concern? What is it in your life that you value the very most that you would not only die for, but that you would live for? And be careful how you answer that, because it's a difficult question. And some people will probably say, well, Jesus is what matters most in my life. A lot of people will say that. And yet. When the time of testing comes, we discover that it's not Jesus that matters most at all. It's the esteem of our friends that really matters the most. And so we get along by going along with the attitudes of our friends. Folks, the fact is that most of us really don't guide our lives by the principle of what would Jesus do? Instead, we guide our lives by what would my friends do? Or what is acceptable among my peers. And so once again I ask. To whom do you owe your ultimate allegiance. My friends citizenship in Christ's kingdom is ultimately determined by whom you worship. Who is it that you admire more than any other person in the world. Who is it that you try to emulate in your daily life? Who is your ultimate role model? You know, we live in a celebrity celebrity conscious world, don't we? And, and, you know, it's amazing how much influence celebrities can wield in our culture. That's why you have movie stars and athletes with all these uh, endorsement contracts. It's because the advertisement gur- gurus know that if a celebrity dresses in a certain way, then her fans are going to dress in that way, too. And if a famous athlete eats a certain food, then his fans will probably eat that food as well. And for a person with a weak sense of of right and wrong, a celebrity can even be a role model for their personal habits. And sometimes these role models are constructive and sometimes they're not. A few years ago, before her death, the biggest celebrity in the world was probably Princess Diana. She was a a beautiful fairy tale princess who, who captured the imagination and adulation of the entire world. Diana was a remarkable person, but her legacy is mixed. On the one hand, she had a remarkable concern for the least and the lowest. An American physician accompanied her on hospital rounds one day, and there were no cameras to play to, and yet. He's, he said that she did not hesitate to, to stop and to linger and to caress disfigured patients and patients with symptoms that even uh, distressed the medical personnel. He said that capacity cannot be faked. William Boyer tells about a man from India who sat in, in his office the day after Diana died and said she touched lepers. It was obviously an important memory for him. Evidently, on a a trip to India, Diana had visited a leper colony and touched the the patients, which was a simple act of grace in which the life of a beautiful young woman was summed up. You see, royals don't have to touch lepers. (laughs) They can avoid things like that in a hundred different ways, but Diana did it. She touched the lepers and she put herself on the same level as they were, and she did it of her own free will. So we see in that sense, Diana was a a worthy role model, somebody for us to look up to. But she was not perfect. She was not perfect. Just as none of us are perfect. Perfect. Every celebrity who has ever lived has fallen short in one area of their lives or another. For you see, there is only one person who has ever lived throughout all of history who merits our worship. And that is the man who not only touched the lepers, but who gave his life for them and for us as well. Someone has described our master like this. To the hungry, he is the bread of life. To the sick, he is the great physician. To the lonely, he is the one who comes and sits beside us, often in silence. To the lost, he is the good shepherd who goes out seeking his lost sheep. To the prodigals, he is the parent waiting at home, watching, ready to throw a party in celebration of the return. To the anxious, he is peace. To the proud, He is one who comes and makes us humble. And to the happy, He is the one who enjoys our celebrations and parties. Does that describe Christ in your life today? Do you live in His kingdom? That kingdom is not determined by where you live, but by how you live. That kingdom is determined by where you place your ultimate allegiance. It is determined by your ultimate role model, by the one who you worship. So are you a citizen of Christ's kingdom today? I love the way the late African-American preacher S.M. Lockridge once put it. He said the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they found out that they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's my king. Is he your king today? If not, will you make him your king today? You can, you know. By simply accepting the fact that you've been following the wrong role models And change your allegiance. By accepting the love and the forgiveness that Jesus offers to you. By committing yourself to follow the ways of Christ in your life. Instead of the latest fashion queen or athlete. By living your life based not on what your friends might think. But on what Jesus might think. Is this something that you may be interested in? In doing today, then let me tell you, it is available to each and every one of us here. If only we will say yes and commit ourselves to worship and to follow our Lord Jesus Christ from this day forward. So here's the question. Are you ready to become a citizen of Christ's kingdom? Then do it today. Don't leave here before you do it. Make Jesus your king today. Amen. We're going to sing number 143. What wondrous love is this? There may be someone here today who needs to make Jesus the king of your life this morning. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never accepted the Lord as your, as your king, as your master, as the ultimate concern, as the one who will guide your life every step of your way, as the one that you will put your ultimate trust in. And I know that we can put our trust in, in other things and other people, and that's okay. But ultimately... Our trust needs to be in Jesus because he's the one who will never fail us. Everybody else will. But Jesus never will. So if you've never made that commitment to Christ, I invite you to do it today. And it's, it's very simple. All you have to do is say yes to the forgiveness that Christ has given, has to offer to you. And to make that commitment to change our allegiance from whatever it is that may be our ultimate concern to Christ. That's it. That's what you need to do. So if you've never made that commitment, we invite you to make that commitment today. by Accepting Christ as your savior, and making him your king. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to unite with our church as we sing together. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We'll be glad to pray with you. We invite you to come as we sing number 143. What wondrous love is this? Would you come? a people belonging to God, our King. So go now and serve in God's kingdom through the strength, the love, and the enduring presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.